Hello and welcome to another video game to the max. This is number 151, and I am your host Sean Garmer here with me, as usual, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. So, what has been uh, going on? Nothing. Playing games like usual. Well, uh, I know you told me you finally beat Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, uh, a few days ago I beat it like one, this one night out of kind of boredom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, like, do you have any, now that, you know, the story is over, I'm sure there's other extra things to do, but. No. Now now the story is done, do you have any kind of like final thoughts on it or? Uh, I don't like the hunting trials because they're time-based and they're really dumb. Um, It's a good, good game, good story. Like, kind of. I think the story is, like, it's weird because the actual story is kind of dumb or, you know, just kind of formulaic. But, oh. like, the stuff surrounding it is pretty good. Like, the like the back, like the back stories or, like, the, you know, the content you find, find in the world. Stuff like that. So, like, why are the, uh, sort of, like, they not give you enough time on the hunting trials or? Well, no, it's just, like, well, it's, like. Uh, complete the trial in one thirty, like one minute and thirty seconds to get the gold medal. Two minutes to get the silver. Three minutes to get the bronze. And I just don't like I just don't like content like that, where it's very just time based. That seems weird in a game like that. Like just we're gonna have medals that you can earn and stuff. Just yeah. Seems it it seems like it would take you out of the element of what you're doing. Yeah. I didn't hundred percent the game or anything. I still have to do those, and I have to get a lot of collectibles. Um, but other than that, I did every side mission, every errand that I found, stuff like that. So how long do you think it took you to beat it? Probably about thirty-five hours, forty hours. That's pretty meaty for a you know not RPG. So well, I mean, it's. I can, it'd, be, it'd be best described as like an open world RPG. I mean, you have skill points and everything, so. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough then. But it's more action-y, obviously. Oh yeah. Uh, and some of the some of the robots are just a pain in the ass to hunt down. <laughs> so, do you feel like it forces you to get the robots, or is it just kind of? Well, the mission would be like, I'll eliminate this robot, so I would say yes. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I just didn't know mm-hmm. what are the... So are most of the missions just eliminating robots, or is it... Side missions <laughs> break down into one of three kind of varieties. There's kill humans, which is really easy, because a headshot will take care of any human. <laughs> um, like, follow the trail. Like, you'll see, you can, like, get like a glowing trail in like the world and just follow it to you know some place you have to examine stuff but it's really basic and it's just like a lot of like you know follow this around until something happens and the third is kill the robot or kill the group of robots that's you know attacking something or you know bothering people (laughs) but I mean when you're not does it sort of feel like it's like pulling you towards the, or does it feel like you're just walking around and the robots kind of happen to be there? Or, uh, uh, second one, like there's no real safe areas in the game. 
uh, I mean, there are, like, cities and stuff for sure, but once you get out in the open, like, if you try to fast travel to a certain uh, fire, like, places, you, like, you, you fast travel by campfire. So, like, some of those campfire artists are kind of swarming with robots. So it's like, well, good luck. <laughs> They're not hard, but it's just... Combat actually kind of got annoying after a while because it's just like, all right, I get it. I I have this arrow that does, you know, a lot of damage, so I guess I'll just keep firing at it until it, you know, eventually, until I eventually wear it down. So that's what you used a lot was just the range stuff, not necessarily close. Well, melee is pretty lackluster. Uh, you only have, like, a light, light attack and a heavy attack. The... Stealth stealth is good in the game, but at a certain point it tops out. Like, you can't stealth kill, like, a big robot. You only, like, knock it down a little. Uh, but, yeah, I used ranged hev- quite heavily. Well, I mean, so do you think that the game deserves all the great praise oh, yeah. it's been getting? Oh, yeah. Uh, except for, I found it pretty, not overtly buggy, but I did have a few instances where, like, I would get stuck in the environment, including the last goddamn mission of the game. Like, the final boss fight, I got stuck. I had to reset, which was pretty great. Oh, that, that sucks. You didn't... Did you have to do a lot to get back to it, or just... No, I mean, it checkpointed me pretty well. Like, I already knocked down, like, one-third of the boss's health, like, restarted me there, thankfully. But I was just like, yeah, that's not great. <laughs> Well, I know you're also playing the uh, Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3 on the uh, PC. Yeah, I am pleasantly surprised. Like, that game runs really well. I am quite happy, because Street Fighter 3, uh, Street Fighter 5, rather, ran like garbage on my computer. I mean, granted, like, Ultimate vs. Marvel Capcom 3 is, you know, a five-year-old game at this point, but right. that's not a guarantee that it's going to run well. I mean... Yeah, and it all depends on, you know, specs on your computer and everything. The year doesn't matter at all. I mean, do you th- does it kind of, does it play very much like Marvel? Is there anything sort of different from the the formula no. of the games? Or just God, no. Uh, the two things I'll mention is the networks, the online seems a little weird. Like, I've, I thought it was fine. Like, a little laggy in spots, but a lot of other people have problems, but... That's what the internet does, so they like to complain. Right. Uh, and it's funny now that I play it, like, given all the Marvel movies that have come out, like, looking at that roster, and, like, it's funny to think about, like, when Iron Fist is in the game, no one cared about Iron Fist, but now he, you know, he has a Marvel TV show, or, like, Rocket Raccoon is in the game, and no one cared about him before. Did they have he... the cartoons by then, though? What do you mean? Did they, because I, I mean, didn't, that game is five years old. I'm trying to think yeah. if they had the car, the Disney cartoon. Oh, no, God, then. no. Yeah, it was way, okay. that was, uh, and like Doctor Strange is in it, and, you know, stuff like that. It, it's just really weird now, like, you look at it, and like, what, is Shuma Gorath going to get, like, a movie now? <laughs> right. Uh, but the game still is really fun. Really fast, like it, like there's no frame rate crops at all, even on my computer, which I'm really happy about. <laughs> the only thing that's a little slow is the menu, which is weird. <laughs> but 
but I rather enjoy it. Truth be told, like it's still a good game. I still want Marvel vs. Capcom 2 on PC also. So, if you're listening, Capcom, put that out, please. Or any of those old like Marvel vs. Capcom games would be good. I wonder if that will reset the license if they can do that, or if it's just only for that one game. Well, you have to imagine that they might have had a provision with the new Marvel vs. Capcom to say, hey, let's put the old ones out on PC. Yeah, especially with, you know, Marvel, you know, they basically had to renew it with Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2, so... Yeah. I mean, I don't see why it would be that much of a big deal to have Marvel Capcom 1 and 2 or something come and I can't, set. I can't believe, I don't think it would be that hard of a, you know, technical technology challenge to put it out. I mean, just, you know, get networking working, that's about it. <laughs> well, yeah, it was on, what, 360 and PS2 and and Dreamcast, so, I mean, yeah. they got various builds they can go off of. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I do want to say, people listening, if you hear uh, kids screaming or dog barking, I'm by myself in the house, so I had to keep the door open, and we're doing this during the day. We're not doing this at, like, midnight 30 or whatever when everybody's asleep, so uh, I kind of have to keep my door open. Not the usual 2 a.m. when we're both kind of half asleep. Yeah. <laughs> One of the, it's, it's nicer to have more energy. Uh, but, I mean, honestly, this is not a week where there was a ton going on. Um I, thankfully, I did get a Nintendo Switch on launch, midnight uh, midnight launch. Uh, I'm lucky enough to live in between where there's two Walmarts close to me. And one of them is, I mean, both of them are, are big Walmarts. So I want to point that out. It's not like I have like a small little one next to me and one. It's just one of them is not as visited as the other one is. Because it hasn't been around as long as the other one. So, I happen to get there. There's one person that's talking to somebody about, is the Switch coming out and are y'all going to have some at midnight? And I just wait there with the other guy and then other people start coming in as it gets closer to midnight. And then they tell us that they have like 15 consoles. And they'd already set apart the the pickup, the online order pickups or whatever. So I probably would have gotten my online order just fine. I just went ahead and got it right there at midnight because my online my online order never changed from you know midnight to like Friday at 6 p.m. And I was like, well, I'm I know I'm going to be doing stuff that Friday, so I'll just go ahead and get that and then cancel my my pre-order. And, uh, I mean, they, they seem to have more of the neon-colored ones, or not the 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 colored ones than they did the gray ones, which was interesting. Uh, and just, uh, they didn't have a lot of game. They only had, like, 1-2 Switch, Just Dance, and Zelda there physically, even though most of the games are on, on the eShop or are digital right now anyway. So that doesn't really make a whole lot of uh, difference. But I went ahead and bought a 200-gigabyte SD card. Uh, with it, and I bought the Pro Controller, and uh, yeah, and I bought Zelda, so that's the only physical game I have, all the other games I have are, are digital, and you know, it, I'm not going to do like a really long thing here, because number one, I don't want to bore Mark, and number two, 
I'll probably do one separate that kind of goes through a lot more uh, separately later. But, I mean, you know, it, it does what it's supposed to do. Uh, I don't think that if you're buying a Switch at this point, and, and I understand if you're the casual person, that's all different. But if you're a hardcore gamer listening to this show, you already know whether you want one or not. And if you bought one at launch, you're kind of like the beta tester. And I haven't run into any of the problems that a lot of people have. You know, some people have. I don't have the problem with the Joy-Con deciding that it wants to turn itself off. And you have to pair it back. I haven't had the problem with the... The thing with the dock, I don't understand. Like, the thing has a groove inside of it that if you're very just... You think about what you're doing and you don't let your kid just constantly take the thing in and out of the dock without any kind of thought. If you slowly put it in there and then you slowly take it out with care, you won't have the thing with the scratch on the screen. Should it be happening? No. But it's like any other kind of tablet or whatever device. I mean, if you want to really be conscious about it, get a screen protector. Just like you have on your phones, just like you have on anything else that has a screen. It's not glass, but, I mean, it's also not a, it's, it's, I mean, it's sturdy, but I wouldn't be dropping it everywhere and thinking it's going to last forever if you keep letting your kid drop it, especially on a hard floor. Uh, the, uh, the kickstand is actually apparently made out of some kind of nylon glass after they took it apart. Um, I, it does kind of feel flimsy at times, but, uh, you know, it, the, the one thing that sucks is if you want to charge, like, let's say you want to charge the Pro Controller while you're playing the game, or you're, you're playing the thing on the kickstand, or you want to charge it in general while you're using it on the kickstand. You can't do that because they put the, they put the charging thing on the bottom, which, that makes no sense to me, but... I think it was either that or the headphone jack would be on the bottom, and I guess they thought the headphone jack being on the top was a better idea. I, I don't know. But, uh, I mean, for the most part, I mean, I, I don't get the thing with the people complaining about the Joy-Cons. I mean, I don't have big hands, so I'll just say that. They feel great. I actually enjoy playing it while it's on the kickstand and just messing with the Joy-Cons. And uh, I obviously the best way to play it is in your hands. Uh, the dock, you can notice some of the problems. But for some reason, what you know what's funny is like the UI looks bad when you have it docked. Like for some reason, the UI stays in 720, but the the games play uh, in 1080 or 900 or whatever. Which it's not is, scaled. It's not scaled up correctly or something. Probably. I wonder if they'll fix that with a patch. I don't. You, and you also do have. I mean, they make you download these things anyway. But the SD cards will not work unless you do the day one patch. Um, and then you also have to do a separate patch for it to recognize um, the SDXC cards, which are your bigger cards. So anything above 64 uh, that you buy. You're going to have to do that little patch. It takes about like a minute. Uh, and make sure that when you buy the SD card, this is one of the stupid things. I don't understand. Hopefully they can fix this with the patch too. There is no way to move anything from either the system or from the SD card to something else. So if you don't put your SD card in before you download anything, that's stuck on your system. And it's taking up the system memory. 
so just letting you know that. Make sure you install the SD card first, which is really easy. All you just push the kickstand out. You just stick the SD card in there just like you would on a phone. There's no taking anything apart or whatever. It just slides right in there, and it it uh, it clicks in there, and it, you're good to go. Um, you, so. you know why is they probably don't want people, like, you know, getting the game somehow off the SD card and, like, releasing them out in the wild. Well, yeah, I understand that point, but it's, like, it's still your data. Like, you're asking people to buy an SD card, but then I can't move it. I mean, even with the 3DS, they made it to where you could move it onto your PC so that if you... So if you needed to get another 3DS or something happened to your... This is just like a 3DS. Somebody could walk by, take it, and all your stuff's gone because everything saves to the system. So, you know. Well, it's Nintendo, and they're not great with anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, their they're online thing sounds like a mess right now. Yeah, the and the Wi-Fi thing, that's so weird, too. Like... The whole, if you have something in front of your your Wi-Fi, like your router, you might not get Wi-Fi connection, which I haven't had the problem with it, but I have also haven't really tried to play online with, with some people. I played a couple of fast racing uh, MX match or RMX matches, and it worked fine. But, I mean, as far as getting into the actual games... Uh, Zelda is great. It's is everything everybody's saying it is. I haven't spent a lot of time with it, honestly, because I have a lot of other things I have to do. And Zelda is huge. And, you, you know, power to the people that have actually finished the game or whatever. But it's one of the biggest open worlds out there. And honestly, I mean, you could be there for a while trying to finish that game. Um, I, I have played a lot of the other smaller games like Shovel Knight. The Treasure Trove thing plays great on it. Uh, I love the Spectre Knight, the new one that came out. Um, he just has a great ability where he can diagonal slash everywhere, uh, where you can actually use him to get to unreachable places to get items and stuff. So the Spectre Torment one for 10 bucks. if you really just want to play with the uh, Spectre Knight, it's actually, actually worth it because he's pretty cool. He's a pretty cool character. Um... The, uh, what is it, uh, the Blaster Master Zero, which is the first of the Nindies that is out, it plays very much like Blaster Master, so if you like that game, you're gonna like this game, uh, it looks better, the weird thing to me, though, is, like, they have this girl that you get about, I think, a fourth way into the game, in, like, the third area, and they're gonna make her be DLC, like, that kind of scene, that's something that I think, you know, in the old days, you would have beat the game and she would have been unlocked as the second character you could play as. So that's kind of interesting that uh, they have to go make her as DLC, especially considering all the, you know, we're trying to be progressive and all that stuff about, you know, girls playing games and whatnot. Yeah, uh, except uh, isn't Blaster Master made by Konami? It's made by a small little indie called Inti Creates. Yeah, but published by Konami? Probably the first one was, yeah. Yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> might be, yeah, might be the reason. Um, the the racing game is actually pretty good too. Reminds you a lot of F Zero or Wipeout. So that's twenty bucks. 
I think honestly, like they really could have made super clips a pack in for twenty bucks, you know, and it wouldn't have what you it's three ten instead of three hundred. Or maybe you just eat the cost and it's still three hundred. Because that game really and you can play it single player, you can play it with multiple people. Uh that game is actually what makes the system fun for co op and stuff like that, because you have to play together to complete the puzzles. Whereas like one two switch just isn't fun. I didn't even I didn't even buy it. Like I I had my the only, well for one I'm not in a situation where like you know playing with my my about to be six year old daughter who's starting to get into games or whatever, and my mom and you know some other people that are not there very often. Like my sister and her her friend came over randomly, uh, and I was playing it on the kickstand or whatnot, and I just felt like. Even if I was in a setting where I had people over here all the time and they could really play this, I just don't feel like it's really that fun at the end of the day. And you're going to play these games like a couple of times and for $50? Like, no way. I'm not paying $50 for that. And uh, honestly, don't even bother with Super Bomberman R. It's apparently not very good either. So Here's a secret tip. Super Bomberman. Super Bomberman has never been that much fun. <laughs> like, it's always been kind of not a great game. That there have been a few that are, like, reasonably okay, but you were also 12 when you played them. They came out in, like, 1994 or 97 with, like, the Saturn version of Bomberman. That was about it. Like, it's... No... <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, certainly not. Yes, go ahead. Sorry, this is what happens when you're doing a live podcast. But uh, hold on, go ahead and get into something. I got to make sure she gets to uh, her friend's house here. Sure. Uh, The other thing I've been playing that is really dumb is, uh, what is it? background manager like background desktop manager it's on steam it was four dollars it just has a lot of cool backgrounds for that are animated which i actually enjoy that are not like heavily heavy cpu usage so and it has steam workshop support which is kind of nice even though it's 95 percent filled with anime at this point which is annoying to go through it's called a wallpaper engine that's right but yeah, it's cool. I would enjoy it. I would recommend it because some like some of the animated ones are like pretty nice, especially with background music or like cool effects. That's the enjoyable part, really. Um, what else have I been playing? <sighs> Let's see. I beat Regency Solitaire on hard mode. Because I was bored one night and I had no internet. <laughs> and playing like Binding of Isaac like usual. Well, it's... I bought SWAT 4 and that's cool. And I shot one of my cops and everyone shot me back, which is always funny. <laughs> uh, that's uh, always. Uh... A good thing where you can shoot cops in a game. Yeah. 
Don't have to worry about the repercussions. Except for when you are a cop and they don't like that too much. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure. That that happened to you? You're playing against the cop? No, I, w- I was with the cops. <laughs> I just was having. I just wanted to screw around. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, getting into stuff that's going. I mean, speaking of the switch, I guess uh, since we're on that topic, the switch did get hacked. And apparently there's some secret browser that it... So I'm trying to understand this. So the browser is what unlocks information about how to develop for it? Is that... Well, the browser has exploits. It was, it wasn't, it's not secured. People got into the browser like by some like iOS exploit or something like that. So good job, Nintendo. <laughs> So why not? I mean, there's a lot of things that Nintendo didn't make very open to the public. So, you know, I, I don't know if this is going to be something that they're going to bring out later. But well, I don't. Think, I don't think they wanted to have a browser out for it at all. Like I think they have to because of how like they're. I imagine that's how their store is built. Like it's probably it actually probably is a web browser that they're like loading into that it's just not you know displayed like one. Um, but, yeah. That's <laughs> also, weird. I mean, think about it. It's also how, like, the, how the Wii got hacked a lot, and I think even how the 3DS got kind of got hacked up a little, too. Yeah, I mean, doesn't surprise me, but I, I guess what's interesting is to see if they find anything else about the system. I mean, I think they said something about the, uh, the streaming deal, which is supposed to come pretty soon, got found that way too. Which, okay, cool. It'd be nice if Nintendo was sort of re- reveal the next steps with the system. Because, I mean, that's something that we kind of need to know. They also mentioned now that they are going to support, they are talking to Netflix and Hulu and all those places about having streaming video yeah. and. You know? But what I mean, what's the, I guess what's the point? Like most people carry at least three things on them at, at, at any time that can you know go streaming as it is. Well, but like for me, like I don't want to waste all the battery on my phone. So yeah, but your phone like, has a better better battery than the Switch. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see how much it you know wastes when you uh, are watching video because obviously Zelda, you know, three hours. The other stuff. Doesn't take up that much, but I mean, I'd like to just sit in bed and and want use it, or you know, if you're somewhere and and you want to use it for that, I, I think it's it's just a thing you kind of have to have at this point with any sort of uh, deal. I don't think it's like a deal breaker. Nobody's buying a switch for Netflix or whatever, but I I do think that you know people's concerns about it or wanting it there, I think, are valid and. You know, Nintendo kind of trying to sweep it under the rug and say, oh, this is a gaming machine. Yeah, it's a gaming machine. We get that. That's how all of your systems have been. But hell, on the Wii, you could you could watch Netflix. So I'm just saying, you know, it's something that should be there. Maybe at some point it'll show up. But Yeah, but think know. about the think about also the Wii. Like, they also announced at one point that DVD support is going to come to it, and it never did. <laughs> 
that was an interesting thing too. Like it was, it was just like, okay, we're suddenly gonna have DVD support, or didn't they have certain ones that did? Maybe Not, in Japan. No. no. Uh, people hacked DVD support onto the thing like later on, but no, we officially had DVD support. Oh, okay, okay. I just I remember hearing about people watching it on there, were going, "How the hell are you watching this? You shouldn't be able to." Yeah. Uh, I I think the more interesting thing here is that you know Nintendo keeps talking about how. They have the biggest success ever as a console, and that Zelda's the biggest selling standalone uh, launch title ever, and and you know even in Europe it's sold well, Australia, all this other stuff. But we've seen launch sales don't equal longevity. You know, it's consistency throughout, however long the system lasts or whatever. I. I think it's more curious. I think they said that they had a big, bigger launch in the Wii. And it's like, yes, because you only made six Wiis. Like, they they didn't make a ton of Wiis when it like, launched. And that thing was out of scarcity for almost like a year and a half. Yeah, I think like, they sold, what, 600,000 Wiis? Uh, yeah. At launch in the U.S. or whatever. And, like that, yeah, just... That thing, like, sold out inst- pretty much instantly. And it was out for you know a year or a year and two months or year or two, and it's like, I mean, see how the switch like supply line is in six months. That'll be like a good indicator of how well it's actually selling. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, and I think right now too, you know, you don't have a ton of games for it outside of Zelda. Obviously, Zelda's a huge system seller, it's a game you're going to be playing for a while, and and they do have some things coming, but that's, again, an issue with Nintendo, is okay, does this success mean that people are going to spend the money it costs, because apparently now the Switch is the most expensive console to develop for, because you have to be able to get it working in both docked and undocked. Is that going to get people like your big companies to make those games that you know you're used to seeing on on systems. Probably not. I mean, for every okay, great that NBA 2K and and FIFA are coming, but are EA gonna bother bringing Madden over? You know, are are we gonna see any shooters or anything like that on it because of how much you have to lower your graphics? Especially with the pro and whatever the Scorpio is going to do, uh, hey, we're going to get the original version of Skyrim. It sounds like. So, what more do you want? <laughs> yeah, that's the game. I mean, look, I'm sure there's crazy Skyrim people that might have a Switch and go, "Yeah, I want to put 100 more hours into this on on the Switch." You know, more power to you. But I'm not. Uh, I've only. I never really played Skyrim, and I'm not enthused about it either so you're you're better off (laughs) yeah i just uh and then plus you already have your western rpg and zelda anyway so i mean i don't i don't know that uh, that's gonna totally satisfy some itch you really need at this point i i just 
you know, this is great, great news for Nintendo and everything, but I kind of think people should temper their expectations about this automatically means the Switch is a total success and that, you know, it's going to wind up another Wii. It could wind up another Wii, or it could wind up another Wii U where support just dies. I'm already leaning more towards the latter, unfortunately, but I guess we shall see. I think it it also depends on Nintendo, right? If they figured out a better way of distributing content throughout the year, and you know, you you got to be actually understanding too that you know the casual person is not going to be into all these indies that are going to come out and. Are they going to be cool for us gamers and even hardcore gamers to a certain extent? They're still in that mold of, I don't care about indies, you know. I just want the AAA titles or the big big name titles. You know, is that going to be enough to carry the system through? Whereas, you know, PS4, Xbox One, at least every week you've got something from a third yeah. party. You know, that's not going to happen for Nintendo. Well, don't worry. Once the hackers break it up, they'll get a SNES emulator on there sooner or later. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about that virtual console. Just wait till the emulator comes. Uh, so, you know, moving away uh, from Switch talk here, there's a triple set of movies that have been announced or talked about by someone in the last time we've done, you know, a, a podcast here. A Metal Gear movie has been talked about, and that it has a director, right? So, yeah, so they say. <laughs> I mean, I know you're not uh, totally enthused about it, you're a Metal Gear fan here, but I feel like it has a good enough story that if... And it seems like this director does have a love for Metal Gear, it could succeed. I think that... Well, there's two problems with Metal Gear. First off, like... That is a very insane story. <laughs> and so trying to film it, it's also like super involved. I got to know what, what you cribbed from. If you still want to do like Metal Gear Solid 1 or the original Metal Gear, like that's an issue. And the other problem is, is like, who are they going to get to get to play as Snake? It's going to be like Sam yeah. Worthington. No one cares about him. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's, uh... That's that's my problem with the other movie we're going to discuss in a minute, too. <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, obviously, that is the, the big thing, right? You know, who is going to play Snake? Is he going to kind of fit the same mold? Are you going to care about him in the same way? You know, that's, uh, that's a whole different thing, because obviously he's not going to have the same voice as David Hayter or whatever, so... That's one thing. How much care, you know, how much is Konami going to be involved? Is Kojima going to be involved in this at all? You know, is he even going to be allowed to consult Kojima? You know, I can imagine, like, Konami, like, being like, if we hear that you're talking to Kojima at all, we will take you off this project immediately. But, uh, I mean, seriously, dog. Seriously. Hmm. Uh, like, he has to scratch his neck right behind me. Um, but, yeah, it's just, there's a lot of factors in here. I think he already talked about certain uh, 
enemies that he would have, you know, the bosses or whatever that he would have made sure that are in the first movie, and that that all sounds well and good, but you know, it's these people can talk right now. Once it gets past a certain point, and you have to get into the big wigs and Hollywood gets involved and everything else, it's what gets left on the cutting room floor, and is it still a good movie at the end? Well, I just think about the uh, Halo movie and the uh, Bioshock Well, the Halo movie. movie never got made. You know, both those never got made, though. Well, where do you, th- where do you, th- where do you think I'm going with this? Yeah. <laughs> you think it's not getting made at all? No. They've been talking about the, they've been talking about a Metal movie since Metal Gear Solid came out. That was 20 years ago. I mean, I would think that right now it has more credence to it than before, especially with, you know, Kojima's not at the helm making sure there's a Metal Gear 6 coming out anytime soon. You know, Konami's making that whatever the hell that game is with the Metal Gear name slapped on it. What for uh, dead? Yeah, like, you would think that Konami would actually try, now more than ever, to try to get something out of that franchise. You know, if it becomes a hit movie, then, you know, at least if they're not making any more games, they can make keep making movies. But would you, would you tell his, would you do an origin story with him, or would you just kind of do some kind of separate story that doesn't have anything to do with the games, or... No, well, you can't. Metal Gear is pretty much the origin, like the origin story to an extent, but there is no real origin for that character. Also, <laughs> like that's kind yeah. of the issue. Like he just kind of sprang forth. I mean, there is a backstory, but it's not important. It's just right. like he joined he joined the army at eighteen, and that's about it. I w- I would honestly have no. I mean, you could do a film adaptation of like Metal Gear Solid, and that might work. But have like explain none of the character at all. I think that's fair. Yeah, you don't have to do this big old have a bunch of exposition on the character in the movie. You know, just uh, try to make sure you have elements of it. And the game's already pretty cinematic itself. It's just making sure that you, you know, don't uh, either make it too boring or just make it all actiony and it's just got the Metal Gear name slapped on it. It'll be it'll be like The Rock as Snake Solid Snake. <laughs> you imagine it'll just turn into Doom again. Uh, so there's a Sleeping Dogs movie announced, even though the studio that makes the game is no longer uh, have you know existing. Uh, Donnie Yen from Rogue One is going to be the main character, but there's no writer or director. Uh, I mean, I like Sleeping Dogs enough. I don't know about a movie, but okay. I mean, it's just uh, that, uh, what was it, Boston? I mean, it's just like Covert Affairs, I think it was what it was called. The Departed was based on it. I forget what it's called. But, oh, okay, I know what you're talking about, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just that. I mean, you know, except for what the, except for the whole criminal... Beca- or criminal becoming a cop aspect is just a cop becoming a criminal yeah i mean but it's still i mean it's still it's a good enough story that it's fine right i mean it does have the the story that you could follow that character and kind of get into his psyche of what that's like and 
get into that world and the world of the triads and all that stuff, you know. And hopefully Emma Roberts, Emma uh, Stone can be in it for like 10 minutes like in the game. <laughs> yeah, why not? You know, um, even though I'm, I don't know if they want to pay her a price tag or anything at this point, but, you know, we'll have to see, if uh, again, what Square Enix wants to do or if they have any involvement in this at all. Well, I think they, the, I, I think they will because they're, the they're the only ones pushing for it probably. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just like the Tomb Raider movie. That thing's moving forward. We'll have to see. You know, Just Cause also getting a movie. This one has Jason Momoa, which uh, I already makes me not want to see it. Yeah. Uh, what, what was Roman Reigns busy? Like, you couldn't get the... Yeah, let's you, get... you, couldn't, you couldn't get the least charismatic guy, so you got the second least no, charismatic No, no, I mean, it would have to then be a WWE film in order to get Roman Reigns, so... Yeah. Know. I mean, say what you want about, like, Batista, but like he has charisma as you know as uh, Drax, like right, exactly, yeah. Roman Reigns is not <laughs> no, and Jason Momoa, you know that's kind of difficult. This is a this is a movie and a series that has to be carried by a charismatic guy because a lot of the game is just blowing crap up. Which you know they can make, they make movies about that all the time, so that's not. And this movie wouldn't really be that hard to make because you have so many templates there for you. Uh, just, I don't know. I mean, is there really a story in Just Cause that it's just like, do you got to make sure you follow the game? Or, Well, uh, the story is, just, I mean, the, the nice thing compared to, like, at least Sleeping Dogs, or I mean, especially Metal Gear, is uh, Just Cause, you could leave it really open-ended. It's like, you know, evil dictator has taken over, like, a country or whatever, and it's just up to Rico to, you know, stop him. And he, him and his trusty grapple hook, that's all you need. The problem is, is, like, Rico is a very, like, sarcastic character, mm-hmm. uh, and he, he's kind of like that Latin lover also type of character, and those are not things I associate with Jason Momoa. If you want a dude... Oh, God. No. If you want a dude who can be like a cigar store Indian, that is something I can associate with him. But charismatic or interesting or watchable, no. If if so, you want a full full woman into getting like getting their money to go see him, sure. But <laughs> so it's kind of like a Deadpool meets James Bond sort of. Thing. I mean. Con- Kind of, but he's not that he's not that witty. Also, like he only comes up with like occasional like quippy lines, like but he's not doing it like all over the place like Deadpool was. But yeah, I got a feeling that like oh like that's not gonna go well. <laughs> like Sleeping Dogs would go well because like that guy fits into that he can fit into that role. Like the, this one, no. <laughs> Yeah, this that kind of leads me wondering with uh, Jason Momoa, what's going to happen here, and how are they really just casting him because he's going to be Aquaman? I mean, I don't, I don't understand what plot it he has that makes you go, okay, we're going to put him in a movie, people are going to come watch it. I mean, the director I think has more cachet with himself right now than than Momoa does, but. Yeah, well, apparently they work together, so that might be why. Oh, okay. It's not, like, a great reason also. <laughs> no. No, it's not. 
Uh, Destiny, they have detailed uh, some things about how you can, what transfers over with your character. Um, you'll get a special veteran status, but, uh, you know, aside from it. gender <laughs> and, and all the, you know, basic, basic things, nothing else is going to transfer over from Destiny 1, which... Again, if they're really trying to make this Destiny 2 no attachment to Destiny 1 other than the name, it makes sense. Yeah, but I can also see it ticking people off. Like, oh, I invested so much time in this character that now it's all useless. But but I, I wonder if... You know, I know veteran Destiny players and people still playing Destiny are going to get upset. Like, they're going to want all that stuff with the character, but again, you got to understand that even though this is, yes, an MMO, this is, they've stopped doing expansions, this is a brand new Destiny, they want people, new people to get into the game. Yeah. So, you're going to have to make that conceit if you want to keep playing. I mean, if, if that really bothers you enough to where you won't buy Destiny 2, then how much did you really care about the series in the first place? You know. I mean, would nope. you give uh, Destiny another shot? I doubt it. I don't. Know. I didn't really like the first game that much. Like, it seemed like a competent enough shooter, but I didn't play with anyone. So that kind of like, what was the point of it being online for me? <laughs> right. Um, and also came into it late, so that was another issue. But that that was the thing for me too. I think it was just I found people online just playing. You know, but it wasn't the, sh the it was a fine shooter. Just the story wasn't there. I, I didn't like the fact that you had to go online to find things about it or whatever. And just uh, yeah, just, I, yeah. I, I think the Des the Taken King thing fixed it a little, but it's still not that interesting to me. Like between the two, I, I enjoyed like. The division a lot more because it was a lot more of a grounded story that I was I could be interested in. Hmm. I mean, the the division I think is what a, a year old now officially. Yeah, they so. said they're getting uh, the second season is going to be like all free or like mostly free or something, which is cool. But I don't, I don't know how much that's going to entice people back in. Do you think that's mainly because of they really feel like they need to entice people back in that they're making it free? I mean. Seems like you would pay for a season two, right? Yeah, but with how screwed up the season one release schedule got, that are those expansions still coming out? I think the third one like just launched. Okay, well, which I mean, you know that th came late. That was like it was supposed to come out last year, like pretty early, or like be beginning of winter last year. So. It only missed a mark by like six months. <laughs> Are you still enjoying the the game? Or no, I haven't played it in months. Ah. And when I tried, it was like the last time I tried, it was kind of it was kind of weird because like you need to own this expansion to go to go in this room, and it's like, well, you need to put the expansion on sale so I can go into that room. <laughs> <laughs> right. That would make sense. Uh, so the uh, PS4 firmware thing, which doesn't apply to me or to you really, but uh, boost mode, I have seen that it does uh, help PS4 games look better and run better. 
And if you have a PS4, this is only for PS4 Pro, right? You can play, you can use an external hard drive. No, it's for any PS4. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. I mean, I already put in the two terabyte internal drive. Uh, I think I should be okay, but you know, hey, if you've never upgraded your PS4's hard drive at all, now you don't have to fiddle with it on the inside. You can just put an external drive and get even more terabytes out of it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get one of those sometime soon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, for you, at least you could you have a eight terabyte option if you want. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even though that's that's pretty extreme, but you know, hey, some people like to have every have it all available to them uh, right there. Uh, so this thing with Zenomax that we and uh, John Carmack and Oculus and Facebook and all that stuff, I think we mentioned that this probably wasn't going to be over, and now it's not, as uh, John Carmack is suing ZeniMax uh, for $22.5 million related to when ZeniMax bought ID Software and basically uh, you know, refuting all the allegations uh, that ZeniMax made about John Carmack. I don't think John Carmack's probably gonna win i mean i this is probably like him trying to save face because i think he got ran over the ground a little in the in the loss in the first lawsuit like he was he was like i think he made a comment like i'm pissed about like they didn't let me explain the computer science correctly like their computer science uh witnesses were like bad or something so i think this is him trying to like get away from that but I imagine, like, his contract is probably pretty clear about, like, when he would get money, when he would, like, not get money, and him getting fired, or, like, I think he, he didn't even get fired, he voluntarily left id to go work for Oculus, so why would he, like, why should he still expect money from him? <laughs> yeah, exactly, and it's just, and it also kind of gives you, you know, that's what opened the questions about, all right, well, what are you taking from id to go work for Oculus and and what are they learning, you know? Yeah. So it's uh, I can kind of understand Zenimax's deal, and I just don't know. I think Zenimax won, and they're probably going to wind up signing with them, especially after you know Zenimax has their more proof that they want to give. Uh, there was this. there was something about this recently also where uh, I think Zenimax is trying to stop sales of the Oculus Rift. Yeah, so they are. Uh, I don't. I don't think that'll work, but it's an interesting tactic, I would say. I yeah. I, I mean, obviously, right? They're trying to prevent Oculus Rift from getting any money from it, but uh, you know, it, I think they're just gonna have to make a concession that even though you're gonna, this thing's gonna keep selling. Uh, I think. Uh, Hey, at least you got your your settlement money out of it, and just kind of be happy with that. At yeah. That point. And I mean, obviously, you you want to make sure that uh, John Carmack doesn't keep taking from you either. But that's another thing entirely. Ah, uh, like I said, this wasn't the greatest week for uh, for news, uh, as it is. Uh, Christoph uh, Boletstera is leaving. Uh, Naughty Dog, he's retiring, actually. 
He is the co-president of Naughty Dog since 2002. Uh, he's been with the company 15 years. And, you know, it's these things happen. Uh, yeah. Sad for Naughty Dog, but they still got their... Evan Wells is still with them. And I think at this point, Naughty Dog kind of knows what it's doing. So... I would hope. <laughs> I mean, the proof is there. So uh, we don't have to hope too much, I guess. An interesting thing from... I mean, Harmonix has been announcing various things from PAX. They always uh, announce things at PAX uh, every year at PAX East. Uh, that not only are they coming out with Rock Band VR uh, in a couple of weeks, which... Okay, that looks bad. Like whatever. Yeah, that I mean, there's not even a band aspect. It's all single player. Yeah, it, it doesn't look good. They seem increasingly desperate for Rock Band, and it is not looking. I I think more it's like they're just trying to do anything to get into a different market that's not Rock Band. Honestly, I feel like. They don't want to just be stuck with – the only thing we're able to do is Rock Band 4. They want to do something else because uh, Ampl- Amplitude pretty much, you know, that failed. Rock Band VR is – I mean, how many people that have an Oculus still have one of the old guitars or just want to really go out there and buy this with – you know, the new guitar thing comes with it. But it's like, do you really want to go out there and buy this? Probably not. And, I mean, it's just, you're losing the band aspect, which that's part of the game. Uh, you know, for any kind of casual, they're not going to really want to play that by themselves. So I just, I I just don't, uh, I don't understand the, the point of it other than, okay, well, maybe you needed different partnerships to be able to get more DLC into the Rockman 4 game, and that's what you're doing. But... It just doesn't make sense. The same thing with this uh, deal with Hasbro with this new game called Drop Mix, which it's an actual, like, it's a board that is connected through an iOS and Android app, so it's not even on a system, which seems weird. This also seems like a game that would be great on the Switch. But, you know, obviously iOS and Android is much easier to develop for at this point. The thing that worries me, I mean, this kind of seems cool and all, but, I mean, just, I don't know. Well, like, for one, $99. Yeah, know? I was going to mention that, like, the price is $100 for this thing, and that's that's a lot. Uh, and, like, what is, I think the goal of the game is to get, like, 21 points or something, but it's like, how is that fun? <laughs> Well, I mean, there's that's the thing, too. There's not the direct playing with something like you get with Rock Band, like you got with DJ Hero with the disc thing. Uh, you know, it's just... Even with Rock Band Blitz, there's still this whole you're playing with the controller and, and all that, and, and you're making music. It's cool that, okay, well, I put down a card, and it plays a part of the song and then you're making basically making a mixtape with different cards 
and so you get to 21, and it's great that the, the song never sounds weird and all, but this just seems like something you'd play a couple of times, and then, okay, whatever. It's it's cool, and then it's like, okay, whatever. You know, it, it doesn't feel like this thing that I want to get hooked on and play for hours and hours, and are you really going to spend $100 on what is a glorified board game? Well, most people will, because they're nuts, but... Most, most normal people know, and that's the card packs are anywhere from five to fifteen dollars. I mean, I get it that you get songs in them, and part of the technology is there, but the technology might be as cool as as whatever, but doesn't mean that it's going to translate to sales, you know. Just... Well, like I said, this goes back to my point earlier about like harmonic seems like really desperate. Like, remember their Chroma game that they were going to make a few years ago? Like, mm-hmm. that yeah. went nowhere. Amplitude failed. Like, Rock Band 4. I mean, you like it, but it's a failure, really. Uh, I think, like, well, for what they wanted Rock Band 4 to be for the hardcore audience, it's fine. It failed in trying to grab anybody outside of that. And yeah, that's, you but know. If the hardcore audience is only, like, 40,000 people, like, that's not great. <laughs> no, like you're their, right. It's not. Their, their PC Kickstarter failed for like the PC version of that game, and like I just don't know. I I don't think unless something like really drastic happens, I don't think Harmonix is going to be around for like the next like in the next five years. I agree with you. I mean, it took them what two years to finally add a semblance of online play, and it's still missing a bunch of features that you would have in any kind of online game at this point. And it's just, you know, I, I still feel like they're trying to branch out just to have their name in other things and keep themselves relevant. And more power to them for wanting to expand their horizons, I guess. But I just feel like it's another one of these you're wasting money because I think that they feel like there's no, there's only so much you can innovate, Rock Band. Right? Yeah. So. In order for them to feel like there's still a studio that's doing something besides just putting DLC out, they have to do stuff like this. And it just it ends up being wasted money. You know what they could do is put full motion video backgrounds in uh, Rock Band. <laughs> yeah, so nobody will look at them while they stare at the key. The key. Start, start making some more... Uh, iToy games for the PS4 camera. <laughs> oh, man. People people still like those things. Uh, so I remember the card game. That looked pretty cool. That was the only thing that ever sort of interested me at all about that. Um, so GameStop has uh, brought back their Pro Gaming Pass, which... It, uh, it's set up for, I think, like six different games, uh, two of them being Nier and Mass Effect, the others not being such big games. Uh, you get $10 off the game if you uh, buy this Pro Gaming Pass, which I think this Pro Gaming Pass also costs you $10. Yep. Doesn't it? Okay, so, well, I think it's, if you already have their pro member thing it's with it it comes with it right or is it i didn't i didn't actually see that i don't know if it does or not (laughs) 
Like they didn't see that seem that way to me, but you never know. I mean, because the Best Buy thing, you have to buy that separately. Yeah. Um, and that last, it's like what forty forty dollars or thirty dollars or something like that. Yeah. And uh, you know the the GameStop Pro member thing is like fifteen dollars, and you also get the Game Informer for a year. Uh, and and then you know, but and then you also get the discount on the games and discounts when you trade in and stuff like that. So this is more of that. Honestly, if you have to pay separately for this, I think getting ten dollars off a month of a game is not worth it. If you're if you already had the pro membership and it comes with that, then okay, cool. I think it's a nice little incentive. But the thing is, it sucks is. You have to go to the store, and there has to be a physical version there available for you. Because if not, you have to go start traveling around to other GameStops to see if they have one. Because you cannot just buy a download code and put in your pro member account and get the $10 off. You have to buy the physical version of the game. So, Yeah, the way this sounds to me is it's an extra thing on top of being a power-up pro member. Because it says... Uh, what is it? Uh, let's see. Are you a GameStop Power Up Rewards member thinking of becoming one? And this might sweeten the pot. Like, this is the new Power Up Rewards Spring Pro Gaming Pass. So that sounds like an extra $10 on top of their pro membership as it is. So, fuck that. <laughs> well, but if you had it, you know... Wait, but so are you? So you're saying you have to pay, or you have to? It sounds like you have to pay. Well, that seems silly to have to pay more to get the ten dollars off. Like, why? Just yeah, a, yeah. a way for Power Up Rewards members to save money is by buying this ten dollar pass. But if you're you're already paying to be a Power Up Rewards member, so. Uh, great, so I pay for the $10 off for one game, but what if I, I mean, aside from Mass Effect, what if I don't want the other three games, then I just waste the money for the $10 off, I mean. How I just, could you not, how could you not want Sniper Ghost Warrior 3? <laughs> the other two games, I don't think I've even heard of them, what, are you seeing uh, the list in front of you? Yeah, there's Near, Mass Effect, Sniper Ghost Warrior, Prey, and okay, Elder Prey, Sh- yeah. And Elder Scrolls Online Morrowind. For one, like, why... Hold on. Like, if you are even playing Elder Scrolls Online, like, why the hell would you buy it through GameStop? And... Yeah. Number two... Like, okay, I, I get it. Like, Prey is, is hopefully going to be a good game and everything. But... I don't know. This just... I, I'm happier with Amazon. <laughs> Because I get free shipping also, and it's delivered, like, the day of. Right, yeah. So, I mean, look, I, I understand GameStop has to try everything they possibly can to get people to pay for things, uh, with things becoming ever-increasingly digital and all that, and that's fine. Just when they come up with things like this, I wonder sometimes, honestly. Uh, so the, I think the last thing... We haven't talked about it, so they did re- release the voice cast for Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, the Telltale one. I mean, they all feel that Nolan North being in there is 
almost seems like a given at this point. What is he not in? Uh, <laughs> Adam Harrington, Brandon Paula, Emily O'Brien Scott. I mean, that's cool. I I think I'm gonna be more. I'm gonna care more once I hear them in game and play episode one and stuff. But it's cool yeah. that they got a nice voice cast. Except for Nolan North, I never heard of any of these people. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Adam Harrington rings a bell, but you know. Well, they listed him as like uh, the like some being from like the Wolf Among Us, and I think he might have been the main character to that game. Yeah. But it's still not like a great like okay, who who are you? <laughs> right. Yeah, he was the main character, so I mean, he, he was good in that game. You'd assume he doesn't have the same voice, uh, and I mean he—he's also playing Groot. So I mean, what he's just gonna say, "I am Groot" the whole time. So yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it would be—it'd actually be cool if every episode was from a different character's perspective. I would hope that that's what it is too. I—I I know they outline some of the story stuff, but you know we'll have to. Uh, We'll have to see once that comes out how they're going to do this. But I, uh, apparently, the, they're also introducing a new character that's only been in the comics. Like I'll just so. buy the Groot character and then or the Groot the Groot story episode, and then I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Don't have to hear too much uh, verbiage coming out there. So uh, there's a Steven Universe RPG coming. I don't know if you're a big uh, Steven Universe person or not, but nope. The show's alright. I mean, it looks interesting. Uh, you know, good that it's coming to PS4 and all, but... Hey, why not? Um, uh, there is uh, the amount of games coming out or not huge either. You got Danganronpa 1-2 Reload, which uh, I'm reviewing currently. And... Uh, White Day, a labyrinth named School, which I have no idea what that is. Yeah. Uh, there's a few other things, but like it's a bunch of it's just indie stuff. There's not a huge game coming out uh, this week. Of course, next week, Mass Effect Andromeda. So I'm sure everybody is raring to go buy. Are you gonna get uh, Mass Effect? Andromeda? No, I'd I'd like to, but I'm say I have to save it for Persona Four, Persona Five rather. So yeah, that's right around the corner too, uh, April fourth. So. I'm saving up for that and Puyo Puyo Tetris, the two biggest games of the year. So, exactly. At least you get like almost a month apart on those. So, and at least Puyo Puyo is only thirty bucks. <laughs> That's po- yeah. I think I think they said uh, yeah thirty for PS4, and then somehow for some reason on the Switch it's forty. That seems well because they have to develop for it. Like it's a new, it's actually a new thing. So it's actually fine for me. Like it makes sense, kind of. Yeah, and you don't like it, but you're you're not gonna get that game anyway. Doesn't sound like so. (laughs) I I might. It just I don't know if I'm paying forty dollars for it, but you know, I I like me some Tetris, and you know, watching you play Puyo Puyo, it looks more interesting than the others. It's hard. Like that's the thing. Well, hey, it's it's a nice game to pick up and play when you just want. 10 minutes or something. Yeah. That, that'd actually be a good... See, the thing is, that'd be a good, like, Switch game for sure. Yeah, there you go. See, I mean, hey, Nintendo sold the Game Boy with Tetris. 
Why not do it again with with Puyo Puyo? So you can go and you can go and port the, the Vita version. <laughs> very very uh, true. Could do that. You could uh, play the Japanese demo on their their eShop or whatever. Apparently, you can like download demos just fine, but when you have to buy stuff, you have to go get point cards because it won't let you just buy. It won't convert it from yen to dollars. Yeah, the PS4 is like that also, though. So I guess it's to protect you and stuff. That's fine. Um, but yeah, that's. I think that's gonna do it for us here on uh, this week, talking about video games. Hopefully. Uh, you are enjoying your time with the Switch or Zelda or Horizon Zero Dawn or something. And uh, there will be more big games coming around the corner. So until next week or so, we will see you then, everybody. Later. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts. Plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.